now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Hello and welcome to your weekly LGBT plus show. That is a shout out. He's Andy Shilton, I'm Steph Barnett and coming up on the show today... Uh, Hadaya. Can you be trans and Muslim? Uh, funding a charity. I catch up with Sarah from LGBT Bristol Hate Crime Charity. And U equals U. It's still not well known enough. Alad talks to us about the meaning. Uh, all today, right here on Shout Out. Bum, bum. Bum. <laughs> I like to put an extra bum on it. Bum, bum, bum. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I could do this all night, but we only have to late. <laughs> <laughs> how many how many bums can you fit into a one hour show? Bum, bum, bum. bum. Well, I don't know. I guess it depends how many times I play these jingles. <laughs> so. Steph, the answer to that question is however many people are on the uh, shout-out team that month. That is the we're correct only allowed, answer. We only have three bums in the studio. It's, yeah, so we have three already. <laughs> yeah, but then we, we, we cheat. We've got Terry remote, so... A remote bum as yeah. well. Six live cheeks and um, two remote. <laughs> oh, anyway, how are you, Terry? Are you well? <laughs> I'm not too bad at all, thank you. It's so. been quite a nice day today. Well, it has, it's hasn't it? Anyway, hasn't yeah. it? Uh, it's been uh, here in the lovely Bristol. Yes. Yeah. So unfortunately, I think there's more thunderstorms on the way, but mm. that's what happens when you yeah. live in England. It mm. is, yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be damp tonight. Yeah, it's changeable. Damp tonight, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah. A maritime climate, I believe they mm-hmm. say. Maritime. Climate. Yes, it's called a maritime climate because we're afloat. It is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, isn't it to do with like what's he called the the, the 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 wind that's really strong? What's he called? It's got a specific <laughs> name. What's he called? Um, the wind that's very yeah. strong. You know, the the one that changes the weather. It's called Mar- the Gulf Mariah. Stream. Uh, Gulf, Gulf Stream. Gulf Stream. Yeah, that's right. Hang on, Clint Eastwood said it was called Mariah, didn't he? Mariah, <laughs> as in Kerry. Well, <laughs> I think we're all talking across purposes here. Yeah, this we is a really be. confusing show, isn't it? So, and, and I'm really chilled tonight because I'm kind of on holiday this week. Edge so. of the seat yeah. stuff. That's nice. You yeah. on holiday? I'm on the edge of my bum. It's Do people <laughs> like August? August is a sort of slightly strange month. I always find my mum says August is when summer goes over, and I think oh. what she means by what, that like is like a bad that milk. Well, <laughs> yes, it becomes a little mature. I think that's exactly what she right. means, actually. Okay, yeah. blue cheese. Whereas September is a fresh start, isn't it? New academic year. and uh, Yes. Oh, and uh, the, the the first sense of um, autumn this morning. Oh, sense. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah, you can feel the seasons change. She, she puts her yeah. finger yeah. up uh, like Tigger. If, Feels oh, right. yeah. I, th- I thought it might be a new perfume or something. <laughs> and that. <laughs> Ode, 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 Ode Barnet. Ode, Ode, Ode Autumn. <laughs> By Barnet. You need to say that in French. Oh. Ode de la Barnet. Anyway, um, very packed show again tonight, as always. Um, and uh, we're going to kick it off by uh, heading across with my five from uh, Hidaya. Um, and um, they're talking about um, being trans and Muslim. Um, it's quite quite an interesting one, yeah. this one, so we'll have a listen back in a minute. My five on shout out. Dear shout out radio listeners, my name is Osman. I volunteer for an organization called Hadaya. 
Our mission is to provide support and welfare for LGBTQI plus Muslims and promote social justice and education about queer Muslim community to counter discrimination, prejudice and injustice. Today's segment, we will be discussing, can you be trans and Muslim? Well, the short answer is yes, you can be Muslim and trans. Trans Muslims and queer Muslims have always existed and haven't always been discriminated against. You don't have to choose between your faith and your gender, nor does being trans make you any less of a real Muslim or the other way around. Trans people have always been very prominent in Islam for a very, very long time. We can see this in history. The Muqatan Danun, referred to as trans women, existed during the time of the Prophet and were mentioned in the Quran. In Islamic history, until recently, they were accepted and treated well. During the time of Prophet Muhammad, they were given highest place of honour by being guardians of holy places in Mecca. And the Quran doesn't condemn the Muqannatan or other trans people mentioned within Quran, and neither does the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. Many historians depict the Muqannatan as guardians and civil servants. They held high ranks in kingdoms in ancient Persia, Arabia, Egypt, and even the Indian Mughal Empire. They were tasked with high-profile roles, most likely because they were not able to have children, so posed no threat to the kings and queens or their dynasties. There are also many Muslim societies today and in recent history that have accepted transgender and fair-gender individuals, such as the Hijra and the Khwaja Sira of Pakistan, India and Bangladesh. Through the 16th to the 19th century in South Asia, Hijra community, usually described as people assigned male at birth who identify or present as female, were tasked with protecting royalty. Prior to colonization, the Khwaja Sira, third gender individuals, were held in high esteem in South Asian countries. Today, many Muslim countries continue to support their trans communities. On the 14th of August, Pakistan celebrated their Independence Day. But this was also a special day as many trans Pakistani people celebrated their second ever Pride event. Community organization Trakti, which set up Pakistan's first trans pride in 2018, were pleased to announce this year's lineup. During the pandemic, the group has been supporting the community, including by giving more than 2,000 deserving community members monthly food rations, financial assistance, and medical support. It says, we claim and create safe, inclusive, and enabling spaces for our transgender and marginalized communities in Pakistan. We also try to end the stigma and discrimination attached with all gender and sexualities in society. Pride will include an event looking at how the community is coping with COVID-19. The Pride events will also focus on history, art, economic empowerment, politics, disability and mental health. And there will also be performances and even a DJ. As a gay Muslim Pakistani born and brought up here in the UK, I'm so pleased to hear about all the positive changes happening for the trans community. But sadly, being gay is still forbidden in Pakistan. I myself am not out to my family here in the UK, but hopeful that positive changes in my parents' country of origin will filter through to the UK and help British LGBTQI plus Muslims here at home. Now, Hadaya, we are doing a campaign just now, so please help support our campaign, hashtag Together Against Hate, in collaboration with Mosaic Trust and Micro Rainbow to further the further the message of trans visibility. Over the next week, we want your submissions of photos, videos with pronouns and stories of allegiance to the trans community. Or if you're willing to give your own personal account of your trans experience, please feel free to check out our Twitter and Facebook and social media for more information. Stay safe. Lots of love. Hadaya. 
If you have a story you could tell in five minutes, get in contact. Visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Shout out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Oh, it's here. Uh, pump it. I like to do this song in a very British accent. Pump it louder. How loud? Pump it. Oh, um, on the stereo? Really loud? I don't know. So there's Black Eyed Peas in a pump it, which I think is from um, um, a film, isn't it? Yeah, and their first album, I think, maybe, maybe their second. Mm. Mm. Sure. The film is Pulp Fiction, isn't it? Yeah, I thought it was Pulp the, Fiction. The, in the introductory sample comes from. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. remember cool. the guitar. What a film! Yeah, I haven't watched it in years actually. John Travolta dancing with Uma, lovely. With Uma. That's what I call Uma Thurman when I go for dinner. So I like Uma Thurman the best in the producers. Yes. Really tidy. And Kill Bill, of course. Oh, that's brilliant! Couple of yeah. films that Kill Bill. If you haven't seen them, they're well worth watching. Yeah. So have you, have you seen <laughs> too much blood? Yeah, but it changes lots of genres. Too much blood. It? Yeah. I mean, it, it's so much blood. It's fake blood, and you can tell it's fake. And well, just yeah, like, it's purposely that, very over dramatic. Well, it, it's more two sources. It's, yeah. it's based on. Um, is it Japanese manga? I think, yes, isn't it? it is. Um, which is over the top on purpose. So the, the film is kind of over the top and. Classy, yeah. So. Over the top in classy. Over is the that top. on the back of over the box? The, well, it, it's um. I'm <laughs> trying to think. It's over the top. I'm trying to think who the director is. He's, he's, he's. I should know his name, but I'm so busy concentrating on the news at the moment. Uh, I can't think of it. I was going to say Bruce Lee. It's not him. No. <laughs> anyway, um, talking of the news headline, should we get some news with the lovely Terry and Hands tonight? <laughs> This is Shout Out News on Thursday 20th of August. The Eating Disorders Association of the UK, which is known as BEAT, represents the many thousands of people who struggle with problematic eating conditions and difficult relationships with food. This can take the form of well-known disorders such as anorexia nervosa through to the lesser discussed ones including compulsive exercising, binge eating disorder and all manner of variations. Whilst welcoming the British government's desire to address the health of the nation after the weight gain that many of us have undergone during the months of COVID-19 lockdown, The organisation is clear that the NHS and Public Health England need to avoid the trap of stigmatising and blaming people. In a press release, the charity said, We want to make sure that any new campaign doesn't increase the risk to anyone affected by or vulnerable to an eating disorder. We are worried that, like previous campaigns, there might be an emphasis on calorie counting and blaming affected people, which, as well as being ineffective, increases the stigma and risk faced by the people we value the most. Beat's sentiments were echoed by other campaigners on issues such as working class health, who noted that people in lower income work are more likely to be overweight, but that the blaming of middle class experts or fitness fanatics did little to address the underlying causes, which are rooted in class inequalities, educational breakdown and economics. 
Campaigners are keen to reach the government with lessons of previous stigmatising campaigns on issues such as sexual health and smoking, pointing out that shaming people will not work and has no scientific validity. So if you're interested in getting involved or you want support generally on eating disorders, visit the website of BEAT, which is at Beat Eating Disorders, or one word, beateatingdisorders.org.uk, and follow the simple links. Many groups in society, including at the moment those who are in flavour of the month with right-wing commentators such as transgender people or black women, are accused of being part of a new phenomenon, namely cancel culture. This refers to celebrities or politicians often economically privileged themselves, allegedly being subject to vexatious cancellations of events and fundraising after they have twitted themselves out with posts about other groups in society. Most recently, millionaire author Joanne Rowling has accused trans campaigners of being part of cancel culture. U.S. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who represents the diverse districts of East Bronx, Queens and Rikers Island in New York City, has little time for the complaints of those who feel as Miss Rowling does. Calmly addressing the hysterical debate about free speech, Miss Ocasio-Cortez this week wrote, Look, the team... The term cancel culture comes from entertainment, as though the person complaining has the right to a large captive audience and then is a victim if people choose voluntarily to take their support elsewhere. The odds are that you're not actually being cancelled, just being held accountable for what you have said using your free speech. She concluded, the real people being cancelled are usually those long since denied a fair hearing to begin with, such as Palestinians, anti-imperialists, anti-capitalists, and so on and so forth. Not spicy constrainers who want to play devil's advocate with your basic rights in the New York Times. Thanks to the queer feminist blog Thistlecake for a heads up for that interesting piece. Now, the Bristol LGBT network has reported on its Facebook page a shocking attack which took place on a bus on Monday against a female same-sex couple. A man, about whom we know little information at this stage, verbally abused and then assaulted one of the women. Mercifully, other passengers came to the aid of the couple and prevented the man from continuing his physical attack. Even after the man was ejected from the bus, he appeared to have lost control and was apparently screaming and trying to prise open the doors of the bus to continue his assault. The driver initiated an under-attack protocol and drove away. We understand from the post from the LGBT network website that a man has been helping the police with their inquiries. No further details are known at this stage. However, the couple have received a huge amount of solidarity on Facebook and other apps for which they have thanked the whole community and its allies. Despite rainy conditions, a protest was well supported outside City Hall or the Council House here in Bristol on Tuesday evening. It was supported by a coalition of progressive political and LGBTQ campaigning groups and was aimed at showing solidarity with the LGBTQ community in Poland, where a right-wing government has been scapegoating minorities as it tries to tap into prejudices to shore up its power base. People carry placards aimed at the Polish authoritarian government, including one which read, We are not an ideology and you will never get rid of us. Wise words that need to be heard by bigots around the globe. For more information, pop along to the website of Polish Rainbow in the UK, a Facebook group that has helped facilitate the Bristol protest. Useful news and ideas on how to continue the fight for freedom in Eastern Europe can also be found at the web feed of LGBTQ News Poland, which you can also find on Facebook.
And finally, LGBT Muslim groups have been sending peaceful Muharram greetings to their members and supporters. Muharram is the Islamic New Year and falls at sundown tonight, the 20th of August. The first week or so of Muharram is usually a relatively solemn affair dedicated to remembering and in cases fasting. There are many different ways of marking the date, depending on which branch of Islam somebody practices and which part of the world they are in. First Post explains that the martyrdom of Imam Hussein, who was the grandson of the Prophet, is very important to Shia Muslims, while Sunni Muslims mark the leaving of the Ark of the uh, Ark by Noah. We are pleased to note that there are now numerous LGBTQ Muslim groups active online. You can find some on Facebook, but the largest, Hidayah and Iman, both have their own impressive websites. For these news stories and more, check out our website at shoutoutradio.lgbt. For Shout Out News, this has been Terry Starr and Hans Peregrine. Shout Out News, national and international LGBT news for you. Shout Out, LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. There you go, Accounting Stars. And uh, that's by One Republic. A lovely little ditty. Mm, yeah. And, uh, in case you think your voice has changed, it hasn't. We, we, we've just switched hands out for uh, the lovely Alid, who's uh, coming to talk to us a little bit later on about uh, You Equals You. Yes. Yes, um, I have. Which uh, is, uh, is, is always a subject that's where we're talking about, because it's still just not known enough. But uh, we, we'll no. talk about that later. So, uh, In the meantime, though, uh, first of all, we're going to go have a chat with Sarah, aren't we? We are. Um, and this was... Um, I'd heard that... Um, Sadly, the LGBT bristol are folding, um, so um, contacted Sarah. And I had a chat with Alex, who runs Sari. Now, um, we'll, we'll chat again after the interview, and I'll fill some gaps in then, Andy, so if you play the... OK, cool. Uh, have a listen to this. We'll be back in a minute. We all know the impact that the COVID-19 has um, done to the country. And it's always sad when you hear so many people being made uh, redundant, so many companies going down the pan. But it's exceptionally sad when it hits charities and funding. And um, one of those charities that has hit funding issues is LGBT Bristol. And I'm with Sarah of that organisation. Sarah, give me a bit of background. Hi. Um, yes, uh, it's a particularly difficult time at the moment because funding is not available for anything that is non-COVID-19 related. So um, lately we've been living off our reserves and uh, we're coming up to a wall. And although I've been successful in small funding bids, um, I haven't been able to get in the essential core funding that we need to uh, run. Now, you're part of a larger organisation that's uh, like an umbrella from the council that includes um, organisations like Mind and Sari. Yes, um, we were until uh, March the 31st, part of the Bristol Hate Crime and Discrimination Services. Been with them for seven years now. And we had to leave this early because um, the funding was tapered and we had the smallest part of the funding pot and it just wasn't enough to employ a part-time worker on and pay a few hours for me. So we were actually funding it um, to the tune of several thousand pounds a year from our reserves and it became unsustainable. 
when we couldn't get core funding in and we had to hand the service back to um, Bristol City Council. Sadly, they never had more money for us and they were never able to, despite evidencing need, they weren't, they weren't able to um, supplement our, our funding, which was not enough, as I said, to employ a half-time worker in the end. The, the LGBT hate crime has been passed to another organisation now, is, is that correct? Yes, um, the contract couldn't um, be fulfilled by um, another organisation because it wasn't enough money, but what um, Bristol City Council did was take back the money and um, they asked for an organisation which um, happened to be the lead organisation in the partnership SARI to um, take over supporting clients where they had um, lesbian, gay, bisexual or transgender hate crime against them um, because SARI were all already offering this in for local authorities outside of Bristol ah, okay. So they have experience Yes, as a collaboration, we often did um, handled cases where there was intersectionality, that is someone with more than one protected characteristic, say you had sexual orientation and mental health or sexual orientation and race or faith. Um, So where we had cases that impacted someone um, on more than one protected characteristic, we used to work in partnership. We also had sessions where we would all train each other's caseworkers. So we all shared interests, which was essential, really. You grow and get professional development, and um, you can give a better service. So, sorry we'll pick up the hate crime, but... Do you see a conflict within Sari because of the, uh, the people and communities that they represent? Um, shout out is partnered with Hadea, and we know how the Muslim community um, has a lot of prejudice against um, the LGBTQ community within themselves, like queer Muslims. Um, do you think there could be an issue? Um. I have to admit that over the years, a lot I've, I've helped a lot of um, Muslim people with um, sexual orientation, um, particularly young men, um, and I've found that quite distressing because they've lost their families and, importantly, um, the relationship with their mother, which I, I think has a huge impact. It is difficult for someone who is BME, black minority, uh, and Asian and ethnicity to um, enter an organisation or a place where they feel they will be discriminated against. But I think over the years, um, Sari has undertaken more and more cases um, where there have been uh, has been um, sexual orientation and um, race or faith. Is proving themselves. They 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 are a, a equalities and diversity employer. We've worked with them successfully for seven years, so technically there should be no problems, but people's perception and the community prejudice will always ex- exist and, um, until something big happens, like uh, an LGBT Black Lives Matter <laughs> uh, campaign or something like that. But um, yes, um, I've, I've also been working with Hidea, who are an amazing... Oh, okay, yeah, so that's our partner um, group. They do a podcast once a month. Yes, um, I, I'm so impressed with what they're doing. And for some of the people within that group, it's been very hard um, to stand up and be identified. And, you know, the impact on them and their families um, is significant. And hats off to them because uh, they 
they they're doing wonderful things and helping others yeah and and what what is nice is that um they're out there and they're they're head and shoulders they've got their heads held high and it does help others who are going through a lot of pain and anguish and that's the same for every organization that represents minorities i guess um, like trans community or any other community and especially the bame trans community so going back to um to sari i guess they work very closely with even in Somerset police with the hate crimes yes they do there's um, the strategic partnership against hate crime which meets every few months and um, sorry very active as a lead partner as well I've got a lot of respect for the work that Alex does and the hours she puts into it it really is her life um, she's a great leader Right, now Alex just looks after um, Sari. So the organisation above, which represents all these smaller charities, do you all work together under one person or do you, is it like a committee? It was a collaboration. Um, sorry, it, it still is a collaboration, but we're no longer part of it. Um, it, was a, it was an equal collaboration with Sari taking the lead um, and having the phone line uh, manic. There was a phone line um, for people to call if they're um, suffering or need to report. They manage that 24 hours. So um, they're a much larger organisation, so they've got the capacity to do that work. It's very sad, though, your organisation. How long have you been running? Um, LGBT Bristol, um, as the Bristol Lesbian gay and bisexual forum was formed in 1994 i joined in 2003 just after it was it became a charity and i've been there ever since and i've seen so much happen over the years um the single equality uh bill the uh, civil partnerships uh, marriage um it's incredible because it doesn't seem that long ago does it and yet it was so different Yes, um, I remember years ago when I first came to Bristol as a student. I was working in a store in Bristol and um, I was led round and shown the gay and the black man in the store, which I was just horrified about because I'd, I'd been up in London where it just wasn't a thing. Um, most people in the store were um, LGBT or, you know, BME. And uh, it was quite provincial and a big learning curve for me. Just sad that when a charity that has done so much and been running for so long has to fold due to funding issues. And and I guess you're not going to be the only one. No, um, I I know of a a few other charities that are really struggling. Um, All the the big funders um, close their doors to... Um, anything that was non-COVID related. Um, I think they are going to be opening them soon, but sadly, um, it's too late for us because um, we have to go through the redundancy process um, because of the amount of funding available uh, in, our, in our account. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go off to Pastures New, and obviously all, all that work um, hasn't been wasted, and I'll still support people in my own time. Sarah, thank you for your time. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Shout out. LGBT Radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. There you go, that's that made by The Wanted. I like that one. 
I like Wanted. You like Wanted? Yeah, I like being Wanted, and I like the Wanted. Uh, are you a Wanted mm. fan? Yes. Uh, yes. 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 <laughs> yes. <laughs> Think about that, then. And Jay any, Mc- any, Jay, anyone in particular? Jay McGuinness mm. is um, very... He's a very handsome man. He was I hot, think, would you say? Yes, he was the drummer, I think, in The Wanted. And mm. then he went on to win Strictly Come Dancing with probably one of the best drives they've ever seen. Oh, oh nice. So anyway, bef- before we come to you, Alan, about you equals you, just to finish off from uh, the, the main story that was just on there with Sarah. Yeah, um, it's, it's very sad, like I said, about LGBT Bristol folding, which means there's no representation for the LGBTQ community for hate crime, specific representation. That is now being transferred to Sari, mm. and Sari are going to use temporarily Freedom Youth. Um, because obviously Freedom Youth aren't set up to do that and handle that permanently. So um, I, I guess the next step will be that the Alex Ansari um, and the rest of the uh, the organisations, which it, I think um, Alex will, um, you'll know. Um, um, is it um, is it Mind and AS Police? Well, like Bristol Hate Crime Services is a collective of different charity so it was like LGBT Bristol for specifically for the uh, the LGBTQ plus hate crime and then like Brandon Trust for like disability and they had like certain services that would take over like the specific like the specific of the the demographic of the hate crime so like Ansari used to be the people that would then look after the race hate crime. Yeah. So then, yeah. so they're but they would be the holding. They they'd be like the holding body yeah. then. And then when a case came through on a certain demographic, they would then pass those through to the caseworkers. Okay. So that's the hole we have now, isn't it? And did I call you Alex just now instead <laughs> of Alex? Because I had Alex on the brink, so I was chatting to her this morning. Sorry. Uh, well, we'll keep you posted as we. we yeah, find I'm going to have a meeting so. in September with uh, with Alex, and then we'll have an interview. Yeah, um, and see how um, the area goes forward. Indeed, yeah. So now um, I'm I'm very pleased to have Ali back in the studio because although he's a member of our team, we haven't seen you in ages. Hi. Um, I've missed you. He- heard your voice, obviously, because you've been sending us like like different stuff, especially around Brigstow and the like. But we wanted to get you back in because um, um, the whole "You Equals You" campaign um, yeah. is one that really like hasn't got as much traction as perhaps it it, it should. But before we explain okay. that, let, let's go back a step and explain to the listeners what "You Equals You" is all about. So "You Equals You" it was a campaign that was set up by a prevention access campaign which is an organization in america and it is promoting the fact of un- undetectable equals untransmittable so that means that people who are living with hiv who are on effective treatment cannot pass the virus on to their partners in any way the risk is zero so language when we talk about hiv transmission and u equals u is really important there used to be a time where kind of clinicians and people didn't kind of believe the science so they would say oh it's negligible there's a really low risk no the risk is zero there is no risk if someone is living with hiv and they have an undetectable viral load they can't pass it on um so an undetectable viral load just means that the virus the meds they're taking their treatment and the meds 
kind of prevent the virus keeping from... Keeping it suppressed. Yeah, they're yeah. keeping it suppressed so the virus can't multiply. So t- taking both sides of, the, both sides of it, because I, I, I don't know, you may or may not know friends who are, but I do have some friends who are, and I know there's a term for it, but I can't remember, but where one is positive and one is negative. So they're... Uh, Oh, it's um, <laughs> it's zero. It's something like that. Something yeah. like that. Zero yeah. discordant. Yeah. Something. Oh, yeah. Thank you. There you go, Terry. Well done. So, um, where's Terry? He's he's, he's, he's in a hole. In a hole. Yeah. <laughs> we put him in a box in the corner of the studio. <laughs> Is there a basement with another microphone? The voice just appeared in my ears. Hi, Terry. I've missed you. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> um, so, but, but going back to the story, so if if you are that way, or if you even if you just like a single, are there, are there things that you should make sure that you're doing regularly to know that you are um, um, undetectable? So, people um, who are HIV positive, um, they will regularly go to, depending on how well they are, it is depending on the frequency and how go on how much they go to their clinic. So for me, I've been positive for eight years. I've been undetectable for seven and I'm quite a kind of like, I'd say I'm an easy patient. So um, I'm on the same medication as I was when I started. I've had no major side effects. So I only have to go to my appointment at Southmead Hospital twice a year. Um, And that's where they do my blood tests. And they say, and the blood tests then say, whether you are undetectable or not um depending on that some people go have to go to clinic monthly three monthly four monthly depending on where they are in there but um yeah so with undetectable it means that like whether you are in a relationship um you don't have to wear condoms whether you you are having casual sex with multiple partners you don't in terms of hiv transmission you don't need to wear condoms obviously we would always add advocate condoms as first line protection because of everything else that is out there um and all of the other stis but it also means that as a mother um giving birth and if a mother is positive giving birth to their baby the likelihood of that baby being born positive is significantly significantly reduced and very rarely happens Right, I didn't know that. That's, that's so, really good. And then as an undetectable person now, if I wanted to have a surrogate, I could quite easily donate my sperm and there would be no risk to mother or child because I'm undetectable. So I can't pass it on to mother, which means that mother could not pass it on to child. Which is quite amazing, you know, when you think back, I mean, I, I am the age that remembers those horrible, horrible tombstone um, ads that scared the living daylights and out of me. And it scared a lot of people and it was probably one of the most effective marketing campaigns this country has ever seen. Not only did it prevent HIV transmissions, but it put also a hell of a lot of people back in a closet because the, like, that was the yeah. government did not want to deal with the fact that this gay thing was happening. Now, that was what it was like living with HIV back then. The H- Living with HIV today is very, very different. Mm. And when we're talking about the number of people who are undetectable living with HIV in Bristol, that's like 97, 98% of people who are living with HIV are undetectable. Um, but we haven't had the same level of campaign or a like a government-backed public health campaign to promote U equals U. And that is being driven by the charity in the third sector. Yeah. Yeah, well, they're a little bit busy with this little COVID thing at the moment, aren't they? But but I would imagine it would still but be the, the same, same even if they were. Yeah, there, so. there are quite a lot of parallels, you know, the same, like as with COVID, HIV doesn't discriminate. And, um, 
you know, uh, just because COVID is happening doesn't mean to say that HIV isn't too. Like, no, that no, isn't happening true. either. And HIV doesn't stop just because COVID has reared her ugly face. So it is like those conversations need to be had together and they need to have in parallel. And even though I'm not advocating because of socially distanced for you to go and hook up, I'm also very real in the fact and knowing that people are starting to meet up with partners to have sex. So we need to bring sexual health back into these, like back well, into the room in the conversation. Because that's also been another big push as well, isn't it? Because, uh, you know, if you're a responsible person who's HIV positive and you're getting yourself regularly tested, you'll know you're undetectable and you're not the issue. It's the people who don't know, as we well know, because that's how it's transmitted. So, you know, they, they were also like, during lockdown, it was the ideal time if we could get everybody to go get tested so yes. they knew and also make sure that those that are, you know, sexually active who are negative start on something like PrEP. Yeah. You know, we could wipe out HIV. And I, I remember there was a huge great thing when COVID hit at the beginning if we could get them to do that, it'd be absolutely amazing. It would be absolutely amazing. But the fact of the matter is that in this country, we have a huge stigma about sex. So anything related to sex is also heavily stig- stig- stigmatised. And that well, includes they didn't, they being... Didn't, they didn't advise what to do, did they? No, the government never that, said anything about sex with and, COVID. And, and, and that does include testing and HIV. So stigma about getting tested is still as rife. And people fear getting tested because they're worried about the result. But they also don't want to be seen in a queue for a walk in centre to go and get tested so well certainly here in Bristol you don't need to you can do an online home test it's a little bit fiddly I, if I, you, but it, it works so if you're if you're concerned you can actually get a home kit and it comes with instructions do make it yeah, very simple and, to, yeah to and they are very simple but also you know if you want to be seen and if you want to see someone you have to go there for their walk-in appointments in the morning to get a, an appointment is nearly impossible. So like people don't want to be seen in that queue. Mm. They don't want to have those conversations. So U equals U is kind of a massive tool in our armor at the moment in regards to HIV. Not only does it kind of enhance the quality of life for people living with HIV, it also kind of is a massive tool in eradicating the stigma surrounding HIV which can hopefully drive the uptake of testing because you don't need to worry about HIV anymore and all of those complicated it's better to know yes, as well Andrew better to you know as soon as damage if you don't know and as you might soon be as, as soon as you know you start treatment as soon as the sooner you start treatment the sooner you'll become un, undetectable and the longer you leave it between contracting HIV and getting tested and diagnosed, the longer that is, the further health implications can happen or the likelihood of that will increase the longer you go on. So in short, the message is get tested. Get tested so. and know the facts. You know, and like the reason that we've set up this U equals U campaign at the moment at Brigstow is because only 19% of the British public know that undetectable equals untransmittable. Um, and there's still a lot of st- like myths around there about people thinking that they can contract it from toilet seats or kissing or saliva. So the community spoke to you Brigstow. You can't, by the way. I hate no, you can't. You can't. You can't. <laughs> no. Like saliva is a non-effective transmission rate of HIV. But the community came to us and said, we 
want more to happen mm. about promoting this statement so we would have done that this summer face to face but miss rona came along and or like miss she <laughs> she had other plans for society so we've moved the campaign online now and the campaign is as simple as undetectable is um and that is the fact that people are recording images on their phone explaining what undetectable means to them because it's not just the science and it brings up a whole r- array of emotions and various connotations of what it means personally to someone to be undetectable um so they're recording those messages on on their phone and then we're uploading them to social media and onto our youtube channel um at this moment we've had hazel dean send us a message we've had azifa lahore who was um one of the the first muslim drag queen um and we've had councillor asha craig um Thangham, uh, Bristol West MP, and we've got Marvin as well. So we've got city leaders, minor celebrities, a TV doctor from E4's The Sex Clinic, Naomi Sutton, she's done us a video as well. And also then people of the lived community and our allies, all posting what undetectable means to them. Um, so go check out our socials, go check out YouTube, just search Brigstow, and it's hashtag un- undetectable to me, and you can watch them. They're only about a minute and a half long, but there's some really moving and warming, lovely videos there <laughs> that just make you go all fuzzy inside, which is quite nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's every, every, everything is moving online, so I'm, I'm not surprised. But I do hope when we're through this COVID thing, we can do even more to promote it because you know it, it's an amazing, amazing feat of science and, and findings that we we've got to that bit. Yeah, like it is amazing and it is incredible. And like if you thought about this, like even five years ago, it wasn't as widespread, and it's probably the biggest advancement in HIV treatment since treatment since the meds came along and we have antiretroviral therapy so since then this has been the next biggest breakthrough well prep Um, prep as well and prep yeah yeah. so yeah and i know a lot of people worry about prep too but it really is you know worth investigating um oh 100 percent like if taken correctly it's like 99 percent 99.999 percent effective yeah yeah now i will cover everything we've been talking about with the fact that we are talking about hiv there are other stis out there so this this is not about protecting you against those you still practice safe sets if you can it's obviously your choice um but whatever you're doing um get regularly tested because you know the sooner you deal with something if you get it uh, the, the better um yeah 100 so. that is definitely uh, true now lighter subject um are you looking forward to virtual pride I am looking forward to Virtual Pride. It's going to be really fun. Um, so Brigstow have sent some messages in, but then personally I've had to still create some sort of a cabaret lineup for Virtual Pride, which Darren has released the lineup for, so I can talk about the acts <laughs> finally. Um, but there's, a, there's still a couple of surprises there, and I'm really proud of the cabaret lineup that has been collated this year it's the most diverse that bristol pride has seen um for those of you listening at home don't know by the way alan has uh, multiple hats that that, that he wears uh, yes. for, for, from brigstow he also uh, looks after the the drag stage for uh, bristol pride hence why i've been cheeky and asking him while, while he's here what, what's going on so. yeah yeah so um we've had some acts send us their performances and then we're going to be editing them and they'll be put into the live stream that will You've go still up got time on to the look 12th. At, still got time to look at Steph's. <laughs> <laughs> My what? Your performance. Oh, okay. <laughs> Are you sending me a lip sync, Steph? 
no. What would you lip sync to? Yeah, I have um, no idea. I guess Blondie. I couldn't lip sync to save my life. I'm useless at remembering <laughs> lyrics. <laughs> Absolutely useless. So, so yeah. I bet Terry could do it. Could you lip sync, Terry? What would you like me to lip sync to? Oh, I don't know. What, no. would, you, what would you be good at? Well, on radio, this lip sync on the radio—that's no, going to be about. a challenge. <laughs> I'm, I'm, on a, I'm on about for pride. <laughs> we're, we're talking about pride here. <clears throat> so, were you asleep there? Well, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it, like it's going to be really good, and uh, the acts that we've got are really good. So we've got Azifa Lahore, we've got Son of a Tutu, Mary Mac, Drag with no name. Is Ooh. Beaver taking part? No. Oh, oh I, I was no. expecting that. And um, oh. Beaver left the house in March and hasn't returned, so I don't know where she is. Is there um, an alter ego coming? No, I don't think so. Um, I'm not aware. Um, and she, she just like Beaver's disappeared for a while, but I'm sure she will make her return known when it happens. I'm sure. I'm yeah. I'm quite sure about that. It will be all guns blazing, but yeah. But oh. at this moment, as as it stands, Beaver's on a hiatus. I don't know where she is. <laughs> Bless. Okay. I know, right? Yeah. She's having a lovely time, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's, she's quite a, quite an interesting character, I think. Vivacia. She yeah. loves life, doesn't yeah. she? Oh, yes. Yes, yeah. Yes, she does. Um, and of course, just before we go, we need to catch up with Mutt Damon. How is he, Terry? <laughs> Mutt Damon. <laughs> he's he's fine actually. Yes, yeah. yes. We're in our little bubble here. Yeah, uh, bubble wrap. How about the other part of the gang? Oh, Blazing Squad, Daddy mm-hmm. Dyer. Who else yeah. was it? Um, you got such a large area Dino under your stairs. It's it's big, but uh, you know you've got to invest in these things and uh, you know kit them out correctly for. Uh, I just, ones, uh, friends. I just think it's great through, um, through, through the marvel of modern technology because <laughs> Terry is actually um, halfway across Bristol broadcasting with us at the moment. Um, Under the stairs. Um, which we wouldn't have been able to do even a couple of years ago. So um, it's great that we can. It's lovely to have you part of the show, mate. Thank you. Steffi, I think, I think WOLD would be the song I'd lip sync to. Um, oh, okay. I'll play yeah, that yeah, tomorrow. Uh, anyway, that's it for another show. Uh, please help us spread the word about you equals you, and uh, uh, let's hope that we can end the stigma sometime soon. Go online, watch the videos, mm. catch up with us at Grab LGBT Plus News and Podcasts online at ShadowRadio.LGBT. Uh, also, check us out on Spotify now. You yes, can get us there, well, can't yeah. you? So yeah. next week we are catching up with Bristol Pride. Uh, so join us for that when we find out more about the lineup. But for myself and the rest of the team, say bye bye, everyone. Bye bye, everyone. Shout out LGBT Radio for you